This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. Remember when Reagan was talking about Star Wars coming up with, you know, ways to protect us from missile attacks? And, well, we have them now, don't we? They called it Star Wars and laughed at them when Reagan started developing that. Remember Isaac Newton, Joan of Arc and witchcraft, all the other crazy beliefs of humankind? Humankind. Were the witches. We burnt them at the stake. We've been through inquisitions, revolutions, civil wars, world wars, assassinations, mob rule, genocide, holocaust, depressions, recessions, and God only knows what's next. And if it's only a six-foot-two muscular guy in high heels and lipstick with a cute boyfriend, I think we'll, we'll be fine, <laughs> whether it's howling or just going, blah, 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 okay? Because we see them play out and not just get caught up with the biggest situation going on, which I, I don't want to call the possibility of war, any war, a distraction. It's not. But neither can we let it distract us from continuing to make America be the best it can be every minute. Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Right Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio I'm New York Mike Hi, I'm New York Mike And this is Roll Right Radio There's a lot going on, so much going on Covering everything is covering too much So we're going to pick and choose But let's just acknowledge What's going on in the Ukraine is big and scary. I wish I had more confidence in the people in charge. We're looking at the United States of America. We should be leading the world, dictating what everybody does. But of course, that's only when you have a bully president like a Trump. When you have a little squeaky whatever president like a Biden, you're not going to be pushing on. I really think that we should be analyzing what is it about Trump that people hate. Was it just his tweets? Was it just his, whatever it was, look at what he did. Look at what he accomplished. Where we are today compared to where we were with Trump, people need to take a, a hard look. I have so many people who I know, whether they're lefties or whether they're Democrats or whether they're Republicans that say, yeah, I'd vote for him again. But, you know, I really, also to the people that just go, no, I'm a Republican, but I'm, I, I still hear that. Not that much, but I hear it, and I want to know why. Why is it that somebody could have accomplished so much during a four-year term of presidency, really with one hand tied behind their back, pursued relentlessly by the left wing, and we know now, pursued with lies, it was totally set up. We see the reality of it. The John Durham situation is exposing so much that we already knew but couldn't prove and now we can prove it and the scariest part of the whole thing is that the media is not paying attention to anything that gives any credibility to the conservative you want to call it the right side the conservative side the, the republicans nothing the media is so complicit in everything bad and getting biden elected it's supporting what Biden has been doing to get us 
to this situation where we are with Russia. But while we're doing that, and I said this the other day, I said we need to pay attention to what's going on in our own lives. We need to build our businesses. We need to take care of ourselves and our families. We need to be strong because as each of us becomes stronger individually and more resolved to be successful and to get the best out of our lives for our families, for ourselves, the more we're resolved to do that, the better off we all are. All for one, one for all. I, I mean, it really works that way. The stronger we are individually, the stronger the whole nation is. So I want to talk about something else that's going on right now. And when we can't be distracted from everything, we can't handle everything all at once. I get that. Even the world war. And I know that, you know, something like a war, especially what we're looking at now, and I don't think that we're going to see American troops, but it's going to affect us. The price of gasoline, which is already over the top. In California, we just got gas on our motorcycles less than an hour ago. $5.25 a gallon. $5.25 a gallon. Where's it going? Well, if any war breaks out, I'll guarantee you that's going up, I don't know, 10%, maybe more. $6 a gallon. Easy? So it affects us all in so many ways. And I don't want to be distracted, but there's other things going on. I want to point to the one thing that I saw over the last several months, but I guess it came to a head over the last few days as this Leah Thomas swimmer, I guess it's Penn State, on the girls' team. Now, it was William Thomas on the boys' team. I think he was ranked 494 in the country. Leah Thomas, the same person, just set a new world record for some individual swim thing, won the race by a half a length, a half a pool length, unheard of, obviously, and because now she's, he's, she's swimming as a woman. I want to say this, and yeah, I know there's a lot of things going on that are more important, but I think this is important for a lot of reasons. A wolf in sheep's clothing is still a wolf. A man in woman's clothing, bathing suit, tennis clothes, soccer shorts, or whatever. The person doesn't change who they are because of what they're wearing, including makeup, nails, hairdo, or what vitamins they're taking or not taking, be it testosterone, estrogen, or other magic, you know, potions that they're promised to turn male to female. Ask Little Red Riding Hood, looking straight at her grandmother, saying, Grandma, what big eyes you have. What big teeth you have. If it wasn't for that brave hunter, the big bad wolf would have chewed Little Red, would have chewed her right up, which is exactly what Leah, formerly William Thomas, is doing to any woman who dares challenge the former and present him in a swimming pool. Yes. Leah claims to be female, or at least identifies as female. But is he, she? You know, if she wants to be called she, I don't have a problem. But will this expose the fake science for the wishful thinking it really is? Whether it's the belief there are many genders, or, you know, the earth is ending in 12 years, the climate issue, 
or the damaging response to the COVID pandemic, it's becoming clear to many of us that those are predictions made by liberals who then deny any reality that may prove their predictions wrong. Now, we have the first absolute undeniable evidence that their claims are mostly emotional reactions to anything that might disprove those claims. Clearly men, notwithstanding any sex agenda change, are still men. doesn't matter. You can change anything you want, except maybe for their sexuality or their plumbing. And they'll always continue to benefit from everything from bone density to muscle size, lung capacity, heart strength, body size, and more that's just glossed over by so-called science to prove what they bravely and confidently pronounce as gender facts. Well, now it's exposed, not as science, but as a clear and present danger to women's sports. Yeah, totally exposed. So, interestingly, it was President Nixon who signed Title IX into law in 1972. And now, all the gains made by women, all women, but especially women athletes, since Title IX, since 1972, are being threatened by the liberals who refuse to accept the fact that calling someone a female or them dressing up like a female, taking some hormone shops and even having whatever replacement, you know, or enhancement, they want to get breast or they want to remove something, surgery. It doesn't actually make that person female. I'm sorry. Or alternatively male. They're still essentially the gender that they were born. That's just the way it is. And all these people claiming, oh, it's science, it's science, it's science. Don't tell me there's 32 genders. There's not even three genders. Well, they're morphotypes. I get people are born with both. You can call that a separate gender. Okay, there's three. But there's no more than that. There's male, there's female, and there's some sort of mix that just comes naturally. So now it's becoming clearer with every race that miss. Thomas obliterates her competition, that this has exposed a real fallacy in one of liberals' fundamental doctrines, that one can just decide and choose whatever gender or God knows whatever other alternative reality you choose. 32 genders, okay, are genders in name only. Right. Genders in name only. Gino, genders in name only. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And don't twist my words to brand me as some homophobic person or whatever, because I don't believe in multi-genders, okay? Clearly, there are people who are attracted to the same sex. There are people who identify as the opposite sex or the other sex. And they're 100% entitled to do so and practice whatever lifestyle they choose given their personal life beliefs, as long as it doesn't damage others, okay? Other than their feelings. It's going to damage a lot of families. But if it doesn't damage somebody, 
And I think most of us strongly support each individual's right in their pursuit of happiness, their personal pursuit of happiness. But are there and should there be limits on how this multigenderism is promoted, okay, and integrated into our society and our culture? There's been a cultural upheaval in the past several generations, okay, to rush to accept and embrace those who choose any alternative lifestyle. The annual and growing pride parades and month-long pride events have rushed to bring any of those choices into the mainstream. If you challenge in the slightest way somebody's whatever, they say they're gay or they're transgender or whatever gender or multigenders, I don't know. If you challenge that even the slightest, you're just not accepted. Your acceptability is a, it's a toxic phobia that could identify the challenger, not only as phobic, okay, or fearful or fear-mongering, but as a white supremacist. Quite often, this is what comes up. You're a white supremacist or some other neo-Nazi or KKK activist or a supporter of the Confederacy or, God forbid, heaven forbid, a racist. Will the pushback to foe men competing in women's sports mean a whole new review of how we view all the culture of upheavals, okay, that we've been living through? And it's been a lot. I'm seeing some light at the end of this tunnel. Cultural norms are always being challenged. Don't get me wrong. Which is why the metaphor, <laughs> curiosity killed the cat. It's actually <laughs> healthy for us to question things like the earth is flat. That's what science is, questioning everything. The earth is flat and you can't hit a bullet with a bullet. Remember when Reagan was talking about Star Wars coming up with, you know, ways to protect us? from missile attacks. And, well, we have them now, don't we? They called it Star Wars and laughed at them when Reagan started developing that. Remember Isaac Newton, Joan of Arc and witchcraft, all the other crazy beliefs of humankind? Humankind. <laughs> we burnt the accused, okay, with the witches. We burnt them at the stake. We've been through inquisitions, revolutions, civil wars, world wars, assassinations, mob rule. Genocide, Holocaust, depressions, recessions, and God only knows what's next. And if it's only a six foot two muscular guy in high heels and lipstick with a cute boyfriend, I think we'll, we'll be fine. Whether it's howling or just going blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, yeah, I think it is important to comment on all these things as we see them play out. And not just get caught up with the biggest situation going on, which I, I don't want to call the possibility of war, any war, a distraction. It's not. But neither can we let it distract us from continuing to make America be the best it can be every minute. And that's why I think this is an important something to consider. Leah Thomas, it's important. It's going on out there. I did a couple of podcasts. I called out stupid. I'm hesitant to just say that my view is the only intelligent view and everything else is stupid. I don't want to be that person. I try to stay away from being that person. But something I just looked at, I go, it's kind of stupid. 
when you see guys who want to transfer and be female and then compete when they were at a, well, I don't want to say top level, I don't know. When you talk about varsity college sports, you're at a high level. And any guy at that level is likely to be able to beat any female at the highest level. And here's the proof of it. Now, I'm sure there's exceptions. I'm sure that there are some great female college tennis players or whatever that would be able to beat maybe number 300 guy, maybe 200 guy, one I don't know. But why are we in this? Why can't we just say, look, Leah, we accept you as a female. We will continue to call you the noun or whatever you want to be as Leah, the female, okay? And yeah, you know, you're not looking fat. Yeah, you're looking good. Oh, I like you in high heels. Yeah, that dress is great. I don't care. <laughs> whatever makes you feel good, I'm happy with that, okay? But when you now go to compete, you're not competing as Leah, Leah in high heels and lipstick. You're not. You're competing as William. And what you've done is expose the fatal flaw in this rush to the acceptability of transgenderized, okay? Transgenderized people, the culture of doing that has to be questioned. And at the same time, it's got to make you stop and think. When the people that embrace that, that blindly accept it, and then try to force all the rest of us to, in the face of seeing what's going on, and it's not just Leah Thomas. There are other Leah Thomases out there in other sports. And this is the one that came to the forefront because of just how good he did. And the sad state of affairs, the girls that work so hard to accomplish what they have, to get into better schools, to get into better programs, to whatever it is that propels them in the future because of those swimming skills. Whatever that is, this guy has just upset that whole apple cart. And there's more to come. There's already somebody else in the swimming pools doing the same things. And it's clear and it's just obvious this is wrong. In the face of this, it's just stupid to allow it to continue. Again, not only does it make it clear that this transgender experiment is going to riot, it's, it's off in the wrong direction, it's got to be fixed. It just makes you think about all the other science things that people are claiming, like I said earlier. You know, here's AOC and all those people with the Green New Deal mentality and the inconvenient truth of Al, what's his name, who was vice president for a long time. The world is going to end as we know it in 12 years. It's just stupid. When that was promulgated in what, 1998? And here we are in 2022. So 24 years later, the world that was supposed to end in 10 years at that point, in 12 years, even in 20 years, we're still moving along, going strong. 
Is everything fine though? Everything is never fine. There are always things just becoming extinct. There are always issues. We've had water issues in this country for years and years. I'm going back to the 60s, and I remember serious water issues in this country. We thought that, oh my, if you asked me then, I wouldn't have predicted that we'd been able to go from the late 60s to past the 70s. Certainly into the 80s, I was no way, not unless we fix all these water issues. We still have these water issues. We're going to fix them. We're going to get it done. We're going to get all this done. But we have to re-examine some of these things that we've now taken as gospel. Because someone says it's unraveling. Maybe Fauci is a bigger symbol of what's wrong with science. It's not. It's written in stone. It never is. Science is there to question things. And what's the next question? The last thing that was put out there gets questioned. So everything science says, everything Fauci says, had we questioned them instead of saying, well, Fauci says it, that's it. No, you don't take it as gospel. You take it as a suggestion. It's like, this is the probability. This is where we're going. In his defense, I think in some ways he said that as a scientist, his problem was, is, that he's doing everything as a scientist being a politician. He's more of a politician. He's more about his image. The man makes some serious coin, right? So it's not just pure science when it comes to him, but there are a lot of scientists who are compromised that way. So many of them we have seen who have been exposed due to the pandemic and what's going on with science trying to figure this out, telling us one thing one day and something else the next day, telling us things detrimental to our existence, to our survival, to our success. Certainly when they tell us that kids should wear masks in school, there's something wrong there. Even all this Zoom schooling, couldn't they have figured all this out sooner? Shouldn't they have been faster to the draw on some of this stuff? Clearly it would have been helpful had we had a better idea of how much we were hurting the kids and each other. A lot of people got into this early on. You know, we're in the third year. It was in the first year a lot of people questioned closing down businesses and kids wearing masks. So the science is getting a healthy dose of being scrutinized and looked at and, and people saying, is this really the way? Look what just happened. I think I talked about this. Look what just happened in San Francisco. They voted out three members of the school board. This is a school board that, and these three members, including the presidents of the school board, that were promoting CRT. And when I say CRT, don't make it into a, a literal teaching with the title of CRT. It's the overall teaching of racial politics, that we're a bad country, that we're a racist country, that this country was founded on racism. I think CRT includes the 1619 Project, which says that this country was founded when the first slave ship landed in 1619. And the history of America to this project, by the way, sponsored by the New York Times, when that history begins, you know, with a slave ship and then follows slavery and its effect 
right up until today. That's the story of America, according to this 1619 Project. I'm laughing with them not. I'm laughing at the, the ludicrousy of it. But it's serious, and it's damaging to the country. It's damaging to our future. Look at this BLM, Black Lives Matter, and how much money they've extorted. And so much of it willingly. Here's people like Nike just throwing dollars at them. Amazon throwing dollars at them. Big dollars, millions and millions of dollars. Just give it to them. This is a communist extortionist. That's all it is. A communist extortionist organization. And they've been exposed. But who's talking about it? It's clear what they are. Do you see stories about them in the newspapers? There's 60 Minutes done a story on it. Leslie Stahl famously now questioned Donald Trump when Trump said he was being spied on and he had evidence. It took John Durham. It took this Durham effort to find the truth. And we're lucky he's out there because the Democrats never expected this to come to light. They never did. But now, Dorm is bringing it to light. And where is the press? We need the media. We can't just call them fake news, walk away. We have to demand that they be truthful. Now, Sarah Palin's lawsuit against the New York Times for the defamation of character by giving her any blame at all for the shooting of Gabby Givens, that was like six years ago, 2016. She was a congresswoman from Arizona who was shot, but there were several people killed at that time. And the New York Times came out and pointed fingers at Sarah Palin. And she said, this is wrong. And now the judge said, no, because she's a celebrity, the bar is higher. They have to prove intent. At some point, we need the mechanism that is going to hold the media's feet to the fire that is going to have them pay a price when they lie. There's got to be a price for fake news. They've got to be called out. The First Amendment explicitly doesn't give you the right to yell fire in a crowded movie theater when there is no fire. So we need to pardon the pun. It's not a pun. Hold their feet to the fire. And you need a mechanism to help you do that. And it's always been the courts. And yes, the courts should protect celebrities to a degree, and people are going to target them for every little thing they might say. But there's got to be some discretion here, and people have got to look at it and say, wait a minute, yeah, the New York Times was dead wrong, and there was a price that was paid by Sarah Palin and continues to be paid, accusing her of having any responsibility for what happened to Gabby Gibbons. That's just wrong. And you need to start doing something that makes this so-called journalist think twice. They need to make sure that their sources are reliable. They need to make sure that what they're writing is true. And if it's not true, that they've done everything they can. That if they're fooled, they're fooled. But there can't be even the slightest bit of malicious intent in what they're doing when it's not true. And so we're seeing the effects. We're seeing the effects of parents coming together and saying, no, we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to stand up. 
Now, this isn't a, a political thing. Fundamentally is, but it's not Democrat or Republican. It's not conservative or liberal. It's parents who want their kids to be taught responsibly and honestly. They want the honest story of America to be told, and they want their kids to be learning the basics, the reading, the writing, the arithmetic, real science, biology, chemistry. This is what they go to school for, not to learn partisan politics or the art of division, but, you know, they call it diversity, and that diversity is more important than finding the best person. How can a country be so divided in that thought process? On one hand, as I always point out, you got the tryouts for the NFL. You're going to find the best person for the job, for the blackest or the brownest or the whitest. You're looking for the bestest, man. That's it. And that's the way it should be. On the other hand, the same people that make up 65% of the NFL say, oh, everywhere else, we've got to define diverse members of everything else, whether it's a school board or the city council or somebody's got to bring the truth to the surface so we can look at it and take it apart and inspect it and analyze it and make sure that what we're doing isn't hurting us as a society in ways. I don't want to say that we don't know. We do know. But we seem to be reticent. We hesitate to be honest about it. I think we're getting closer and closer to the time that we will be honest about it. So we're going to talk about hate crimes because hate crimes is another incident. You know, crime is crime. When a person is pushed in front of a train, when a 68-year-old woman is beaten, when a 40-year-old woman is stabbed 40 times, when the fact that these women are Asian and now the Asian community is up in arms and defending these people and calling it hate crimes against Asians, I get it. After 9-11, I remember when the Sikh community was being targeted. Individuals around the country were being beaten up and targeted and because they were wearing turbans and people associated them with the Muslim community. These things happen and they're real. It's true. And I think that the individuals, you know, in the, the Jewish community, the black community, be it the NAACP or whatever, let's leave out BLM. That is not a, a pro-black organization. It's a pro-Marxist organization. It's an extortion mob is all it is. But the reality is that America is a country of immigrants, except for the Native Americans, the Indians, so that each group, including those Native Americans, have the right to step up and defend the integrity of their groups, be it Polish, be it Italian, for crying out loud, Irish. Every group suffers from that. But the crime that people commit against these individuals as the police enhancing these things as hate crimes, I think that's a dangerous place to be. When they talk about the Wuhan virus, the China virus, being responsible, or politicians being responsible for calling it the China virus. Come on, we had all these different names for the, because of the Spanish flu. We didn't go off against Spanish people because of the Spanish flu. We didn't go off against all these different people because things were named after places where they began, and then they came here to the States. So the whole thing about China, please, 
Take a look at China, the role that China is playing on the world stage as far as taking up manufacturing. And you want to blame someone? Take a look at the National Basketball Association, the movies, the movie stars, all these people that are hurting American industry by supporting China to the degree they are, and that China is actually trying to establish a hegemony over the whole world. And that's what's going on. So naturally, there is going to be an uptick of people getting angry. But you know what? We're at war with Russia. Russia is invading Ukraine. Do you see an uptick of people going after the Russian community? Is Brighton putting up fences all around it because it is so Russian? I don't see that. And take a look at John Wick, the movie. Take a look at The Equalizer, the movie. I think that there are natural occurrences of people mistakenly going after the different ethnicities because of world events that they're going to blame on people in their neighborhood of certain descent. And it's stupid and it happens and it shouldn't be tolerated. And the police organizations in this country need to protect these individuals. There's no question about it. It's not something that we should deny, but it's also not something that we should take to and call us a racist nation. We're a nation of immigrants. And each group, the people whose ancestors came here from different places, we all have connections to those places. If this experiment called America is going to work, we're going to have to have leaders that are going to have to figure out how to do this without the hysteria of calling everything a hate crime and making that crime rise to a level above being a crime. We need to fight crime. It's simple. Fight crime. Crime is crime. And if someone is beaten, robbed, raped, certainly murdered, that crime needs to be prosecuted. And when we have DAs who choose to prosecute this and not that because of a person's color, ethnicity, or anything else, that's when things go haywire. That's the level at which things are going wrong in America today and need to be straightened out. And we, the people, need to be involved. Again, it's up to us, the individual Americans, who come together, not because of our ancestry, but because of our commonality of all of us being Americans. We need to fight for our fellow Americans, being them black, Asian, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, whatever. Nobody should be victims of crime because of their ethnicity. People that commit those crimes commit them out of rage or out of greed. But whoever the victims are, we're all victimized when we identify that victim because of their race or their creed or their sexual preference or anything else. Let's get back to prosecuting crime. I don't want to just end it on this note because, like I said, there's so much more going on. And we have to look carefully at this government with what just happened in Canada, what's happening here, with a government that 
is allowed to think it's okay, that they can mandate things, that our safety is more important than our freedom. This country was founded on freedom. That's the idea that is America, the freedom of the individual. And to allow a government to mandate masks, mandate vaccines, mandate, and the vaccine passports, we've seen what's going on. We can't stop demonstrating, protesting, making our voices heard about all these things, even as and especially as we're headed into the situation we're headed into in, in Europe. And right behind Europe, here comes China going into Taiwan. Let's make sure we're aware of it. Make sure those of us who care, if you're listening to Roll Right Radio, I'm getting ready to roll to Daytona here in a week, okay? Maybe a little more in a week. Not much more in a week. And I want to get out there. I want to travel the country. I want to promote Rolling to Remember. Believe me, that's this coming Memorial Day, the end of this May. Here we are, March, April, May, three months, less than 100 days. And we want the biggest Memorial Day motorcycle, noise-making, freedom-loving crowd that we've ever had because it's more important now than it ever was. And maybe next year will be even more important. It seems like every year it goes, this is the most important election cycle that we've ever had. It's one, but well, you know what? It is. Each one becomes more and more important because as a nation, we're growing, we're getting bigger. We're more influential. We're inventing, creating. We're doing more things than we've ever done before. We have more influence on the rest of the world than we've ever had before. You know, the most persecuted race, religion of all people, right? It's Christianity. Who's a stronger supporter of Christianity worldwide than the United States? Think of it. Who else depends on the United States for support? It's not just Christianity. It's Judaism. I mean, yeah, we have the state of Israel. But without the United States, where would Israel be? It's so important that we maintain the values that we were founded on, the values of freedom endowed by our creator with inalienable rights, life, liberty, to pursue the happiness. You can't hear it enough. I can't say it enough over and over and over. This, we can't let it go because Missiles and bullets and bombs are flying right now in the Ukraine. And our feckless government has done nothing to prevent it. And their actions in Afghanistan are probably what preceded it. It's probably what, you know, gave Putin the feeling that he had license to do what he's doing. So it's important what you and I do as Americans to influence our government in any way we can. Wake these bastards up. Nord Stream 2, when I saw the press conference this morning, and he said, again, you're using these sanctions and trying to get them not to do something. Once you use the sanction, you no longer have it as a weapon. You no longer have it as a tool. Well, you didn't have the credibility that you would use them at all, because 
of how weak and lame this administration has been. So to take advantage of the moment and stop Nord Stream 2, which we shouldn't have let go, it was stopped. Look at this and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? You keep on doing this. You're amassing 130. We're stopping Nord Stream 2 now. Now Putin is going to say, okay, what do I have to do to get it back up? Now you have leverage. You're never going to get it back up. But you don't have to tell him that. This is what you do. This is real politics. This is leadership. We're not playing games here. Oh, we're going to allow the Nord Stream 2. And then he backs off, and we're stuck with Nord Stream 2 forever. We are suffering from a very real lack of real leadership in this country. Let's not let them off the hook on anything, including this situation with women's sports. You know, women's sports, Title IX. I didn't just say that because Nixon signed it, okay? Yeah, there's a certain irony there, right? I get it. But I also said it because of how far we've come. And to allow this transgenderism to set that back, to discourage, to take away the excitement, the incentive, to do what it's doing and not recognize what it's doing for the NCAA to say, oh, it's okay. Why? They came out with a reason why this was okay. It's not okay. It was never going to be okay. And it needs to be recognized as such, as a culture, as a society, as a people. We need to make our voices heard. This isn't right. I got to tell you something else. I was never one who thought that Title IX, the way it's been, has been a real good idea. I thought it hurt men's sports a lot more than it should have. Maybe it also helped women's sports a lot more than it hurt men's sports. It's above my pay grade to understand all that. And so I was glad and still I'm glad to see women's sports getting whatever it needed to propel it to where it is today. And you look at women's sports today, and then you look at our soccer team, and you see these women, the finest of them, and they're knocking the American flag. They're knocking the country. Do they look back at Title IX? and say, thank God that America did that? Do they look back at our leadership worldwide? And do I want to see some transgender guy, or maybe two or three guys, step into the women's soccer world and take over that team? So you got that one, whatever her name is, and one other, and three guys out there in the soccer field? No, I don't want to see that. I really don't. Neither do you, and neither do they. So all these things are important. Living our lives day to day, living the best lives that we can, getting the best education. I was listening to Tony Robbins the other day talking about education and his education. And it was interesting to hear him say and talk about education, which he reveres and knows how important it is, as I do. And, you know, he just talked about his self-education. He's read so much and he's written so much. That's a great endorsement of education, the way he said it. His formal education wasn't the education that made him who he is. Do it yourself. Learn by yourself. You know, you don't have to prove with a degree 
that, oh, you know more than what this, that, or the other thing. Some things you read, you learn, and you hone that education by having discussions with other people, people that don't agree with you. There's nothing wrong with having those discussions, and there's something that's been politicized. You can no longer have these civil intellectual exchanges of ideas without somebody being called a name. And the name I hate the worst, of course, racist, white supremacist, and all that. And so, yeah, I'll talk about it till the cows come home. I think it's important. I think all of this is important. And I don't think that sitting back and watching CNN or Fox or anybody else is enough. We have to do more. We have to see more, read more, write more, call more, email. Okay, it's like spitting in the wind. I get that. But it will have an effect. I promise you, the people that we elect to office, they read, they count, they know how many people contacted them, how many on the left and how many on the right. They really do. And it's important. And if I do anything, motivating you to be positive, optimistic. As bad as things get, they, believe me, they were worse. And they're going to get better. It's up to us. It's up to you and me to get it there, to get it over the finish line, to get it across that finish line, break the tape and keep going. Because we can. That's our job. That's our job. As the highest level of American. The biggest, the best title, that's it, citizen. That's who we are. So let's do our jobs. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for commenting, for subscribing. Don't forget to tell your friends, and I'll see you on the radio. I'm New York Mike, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.